One personality trait gets the prize for ruining more relationships than any other. It is a characteristic found to some degree in each of us, but when it gets out of hand, it is always destructive and always pushes people away. I'm talking about the tendency to control others. This villain frequently masquerades as love. The overly protective mother will say, Honey, I'm just doing this for your own good. And the man who constantly corrects his friend thinks, It's all for his benefit. But the effect is always to suffocate, and I have never known a person who did not try to flee from manipulators. Catalog your own aborted friendships. The people you have chosen to drop, are they not often those who try to advise you, dominate you, control you, or judge you? At the heart of love, some unknown sage wrote, there is a simple secret. The lover lets the beloved be free. Those who have successful friendships allow their loved ones room. Rather than possessing their friends, they try to help them expand and grow and become free. So rule number five is create space in your relationships. In the spring of 1887, a 20-year-old arrived in Tuscumbia, Alabama to attempt the tutoring of a deaf-blind creature. The tutor's name was Anne Sullivan and the student's name was Helen Keller. They were to develop one of the most admired friendships of the century. At seven, Helen Keller was a wild vixen who uttered unintelligible animal sounds. When in a rage, she would snatch dishes from the table and throw them in herself on the floor. More than one person had told Mrs. Keller that her child was an idiot. For weeks, Anne spelled words into Helen's small hand, but she could not break through to her consciousness. Then, on April 5, something wonderful happened. Here are Helen Keller's recollections of that day, written more than 60 years later. It happened at the well house, where I was holding a mug under the spout. Annie pumped water into it, and when the water gushed out into my hand, she kept spelling W-A-T-E-R into my other hand with her fingers. Suddenly. I understood. Caught up in the first joy I had known since my illness, I reached out eagerly to Annie's ever-ready hand, begging for new words to identify whatever objects I touched. Spark after spark of meaning flew from hand to hand, and miraculously, affection was born. From the well house there walked two enraptured beings calling each other Helen and Teacher. Anne Sullivan gave most of her life to Helen Keller. When her famous people decided to go to college, she sat beside her in her every class at Radcliffe, spelling out the lectures into Helen's hand and overusing her own defective eyes to spell out books that were not in Braille. Anne Sullivan recognized that Helen was a prodigy and had unlimited possibilities for thinking and feeling. There was no question as to which of the two had the higher IQ. By the time she was 10, Helen was writing to famous persons in Europe in French. She quickly mastered five languages and displayed gifts which her teacher never pretended to have. But did that change Anne Sullivan's devotion? Not so far as we know. She was satisfied to be Helen's companion and encourager, allowing her to be applauded by kings and presidents and to be her own unique personage.
In short, she gave her friend room to grow. When George and Nena O'Neill interviewed couples for the book Open Marriage, they talked to hundreds of people in all types of relationships, divorced couples, unmarried couples living together, couples burned by marriage, couples successfully married for decades. Two recurring themes emerged from the data. One was the longing for a relationship with someone. The other was a desire for freedom. The best friendships and the best marriages make room for both those impulses. We all require room to breathe. When promising relationships suddenly blow apart, it is often because one partner was manipulated or boxed in. Unhappily, the tendency to jockey for control and to manipulate our loved ones, a tendency already rampant within us, is being encouraged by some of the current pop psychologies. Be more aggressive and more intimidating so you can become top dog, they tell us. But such a view of interpersonal relationships as battleground is tragic for it produces loneliness. Winning by intimidation may get sales, but it never gets friends. If you see all your human contacts as power struggles, and if your objective is the domination of others, you might well examine the biography of a man who set such a life goal for himself. He was the central figure in human events between 1933 and 1945, of whom Alan Bullock wrote. Everything about him was unified around his lust for power and the craving to dominate. His name was Adolf Hitler. Albert Speer, who was sucked into Hitler's hypnotic power and spent 20 years in Spandau prison for his error, reflected later. I have never met anyone else in my life with whom I have felt this sense of something vital missing. The only times I saw him behave with genuine vivacity and pleasure and spontaneity were when we were together poring over architectural plans or inspecting his cherished scale models of the Berlin of the future. I don't believe he was capable of real love. Perhaps once in his life he may have been. He had an incestuous affair with his niece, Jelly Raubal, whom he drove to suicide. <laughs>